exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. In the next hour, we'll guide you through Spartan Sports, your favorite Detroit teams, and beyond. Call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893. And now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. Hail, hail, hail to not the victors tonight. Tough break, Dewan Simmons. The Buckeyes were victorious on Saturday. But regardless, you are in the basement. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. My name is Dan, and I'm the hot host in the hot seat tonight. Across from me, as always, from day one, true and faithful, my partner in crime, Dewan Simmons. That's a capital J. <laughs> What's up, Dan, man? How's it going? Man, fantastic. How was your weekend despite the loss? Well, it was great. You know, I really couldn't complain. It's a tough one, but hey. The Michigan Wolverines possibly in BCS title contention. We'll talk about that later in right. the hour. But more importantly, Juan, next to you, across from me, the beautiful presence of the studio here. Brigitte. Working on her <laughs> tenure, more than a month in the basement tonight. Brigitte, what is going on? Not too much. I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. Got some hot news about the coaching search. A candidate, you a mystery candidate at that, that none of you have heard of yet. I'm going <laughs> to reveal that shortly. The mystery candidate that not anyone in the local media has said yet, but I know who they are and I will tell you shortly. But I must give acknowledgement to number 10 over here with the number 10 hoodie, the Rook. How's it going, Dan? The rookie is in the house. How How is your week? Are you preparing for your first college final exams coming up here all right? Uh, I am preparing. Pre- I'm pressure's well. on. It's going well. All right, well, we are going well tonight, and so are the phones. Kevin is back. Missed him last week, but hey, ran into him this weekend. It's, it's a good time. We were a fantastic one-two punch here in the studio. Kevin is on the boards and the phones tonight. Number is 517-432-3893. That mystery candidate... None other than Joanne P. McCauley. All of a sudden, Joanne <laughs> P. McCauley, women's basketball coach, is in the mix for head football coach. Just kidding. That's a little knock, but that leads us to the door of our first story. Of someone who was not kidding. And our top story tonight is from a local TV affiliate. If you were watching the Michigan-Ohio State game, you saw it plastered all over the lower portion of your screen. Yes, Hondo Carpenter of Hondo's house. Quote, the hiring of Izzo as football coach is being talked about, unquote. Following up with, all MSU has to do is look towards the Breslin Center and Tom Izzo to see the possibly the man to restore MSU greatness is none other than Izzo himself. So, first of all, we will analyze this. Obviously, this was all over Hondo's house show and all over the media this past weekend. Tom Izzo, a candidate for head football coach. This is not a joke. This is this is what has been talked about this past weekend and even today at Tom Izzo's press conference. But before we get into this debacle, this prediction, whatever you want to call it, let's see what Izzo has to say about himself. In the game of football, you may be surprised, folks. We will not rule out Izzo quite yet. And anybody who knows me knows that for longer than I've been here, uh, football has been a a love of mine uh, beyond most normal human beings. And, uh, And, of course, then the first question is, well, what do you know about football and what could you give and what could you do? And, and I think, um, you know, like any corporation, I mean, why do, why do businessmen become, or why do coaches become good corporate leaders sometimes, and things like that, is, is there's just qualities that, that uh, are needed to be successful in anything you do, and I think our program has demonstrated some of those qualities, and yet not all of them. I mean, uh, so, uh, I don't think I'm a candidate. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, that was Coach Izzo expressing his interest or love of the game of football. First of all, if you didn't happen to peek at the end of that clip and know what Izzo's conclusion to all this drama is, is that Izzo has a passion for football. First of all, his one of his best friends, Steve Marucci, is a head football coach. That is his profession. A little-known fact, at the age of 26, Tom Izzo turned down a Cal Fullerton defensive backs coaching job. 
So Tom Izzo could have gone to school on a football scholarship also. So Tom Izzo knows a little bit about football. Think about this before you jump to conclusions about Izzo not giving up hoops and becoming a football coach. Izzo would be the only coach, say he's successful in the, in the arena of college football. Izzo could go down as one of the greatest all-time figures in college athletics, let alone the world of athletics, if he, can, if he took a basketball team to greatness and does the same with a football team. Yeah, he would be the biggest coaching figurehead of all time if he could if he could possibly pull that off. That's that's remarkable. That's, you know, untouched, untapped territory that you're talking about with having one guy who takes a university's basketball team and football team to the promised land and win championships. I won't even say that Tom Izzo would have to take the football team to the promised land. I say if Tom Izzo's successful, maybe just a Big Ten title would put Tom Izzo as the greatest coach of sports all time. I will go out on a limb and, and say all time he might need the national championship, but he will be definitely mentioned with one of the one of the greats of all time. And Im- imagine the press and imagine the coverage and the publicity that Michigan State University would get if Tom Izzo agreed to become the head football coach at Michigan State University. Oh, yes. From the university standpoint, it couldn't be better. It couldn't be a better story to have. Tom Izzo as the football coach. What if he actually doubled and still coached the basketball team as well? Now you're talking about actually doing a lot, but if he could actually take the football position and you know restore them, taking the talent that is there, and you know bringing the program back to where it should be, say, I don't know, get them to eight above and four, 500. eight and four, maybe eight and four, nine and three. The type of recruiting and money and attention and all that it would draw like it, it's no better angle the university could possibly have than to have Tom Izzo as the football coach. Brigitte your thoughts? I think that Tom Izzo I mean he would have the great like he would be very inspirational and he would you know take the team do really well but I don't think he would have the ability to be a good head coach I think he'd make a good assistant and Izzo obviously hinted to that. He said after his basketball coaching days that he wouldn't mind being an assistant on one of Mariucci's staff somewhere. He actually did address that. But the thing about college head football coaches is, is this has also been discussed, is that as a head football coach, you do not necessarily have to call every X and every O. Not at all. You have to simply, Joe Paterno, I'm sure Joe Paterno does not call every single play down there right. in Happy Valley. But nonetheless, he is a figurehead of that university, and he's going to get recruits and he's going to win ball games just because he is in that place. But with that being said, Izzo, as a head coach at Michigan State, simply as a figurehead, but also Izzo has a knowledge of football. It's not simply just putting a good basketball coach in the shoes of football coach. Right. So anything's possible. I, I don't. I don't know if um, you know Izzo will actually consider it right now just for the fact that he takes so much pride in the basketball team and. And trying to rebuild them now, especially in the position that he is he's in now that a lot of people are counting Michigan State out, especially, you know, after losing the, the three, might as well call them first-round draft picks to the NBA. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to call this a rebuilding year, a down year. And he's taking this as an opportunity to really excel and, and push the program to an all-new level. And that was shown as, you know, their performance in the Coaches versus Cancer Classic this last uh, couple of weeks they've been going through. So, Oh, we'll get there. Let me let me sell the show tonight. What do we got coming up later in this hour? We're going to keep on this Izzo as head football coach topic for a second. Dave Burkett of the Oakland Pl- Press will be joining us shortly on the show tonight. We're going to talk about the men's basketball coaches versus cancer performance and what not so much a shocking performance but an impressive performance at that that the men in green and white did this past weekend. We'll talk about Matt Trannon and his possible return to the court. Is it a when, not if question? And women's basketball, we'll break that down and see how the women, Lady Spartans, are doing out there on the courts. And we will talk about, yes, those Wolverines from Ann Arbor and what their chances are to make it back to a rematch with Ohio State. Because obviously the Heisman Trophy in the national title game is in the hands of Ohio State. Yes. Troy Smith, the Heisman Trophy, has been engraved. Yes. It is his. We'll talk about that later in the hour. But coming up soon, within a few minutes, stay with us. Dave Burkett of the Oakland Press. But back to Izzo as a good football coach. Do you think Tom Izzo 
would ever consider taking the head co- football coaching position here? I don't think he'll consider taking it permanently, but I think if they don't get the wheels turning with the speed that they would like to as far as finding a replacement, I see him maybe possibly standing in as an interim head coach because that would serve as a you know a strong presence, a strong figurehead to cover that wound until they can you know find a suitable person, a suitable candidate to replace him. But I don't actually see him coaching a game from the sideline within the season at any position, assistant coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, anything like that. But nonetheless, Izzo, I, I believe, would be a great candidate. If he, if he put down the reins of the basketball program, Jim Boylan, a tremendous coach, NBA experience, college coaching experience, um, more, has more than a resume to coach that, that basketball team in place of Tom Izzo. But Izzo, being promoted to football coach, we'll have to see about that. But I know one thing, Dave Burkett, a Michigan State grad and journalist for the Oakland Press, joins us now. Welcome to the show, Dave. Dan, how you doing? Doing fantastic, sir. First of all, the hot topic on the airwaves and television, wherever you may be, is Tom Izzo a candidate for Michigan State head football coach? Yeah, everybody's talking about it, huh? Um, Your thoughts, you know, Dave? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I mean, Tom did not uh, deny anything today, really. Kind of talked around the issue a whole lot, and, and there's a million ways that we can, you know, parse the statements and whatnot. Oh, I, yes. I think uh, what it comes down to is that, yeah, he would like to coach football. I mean, he's a you know he's a, a guy that that loves new challenges and has been very successful at uh, coaching basketball. He's a football guy at heart. Uh, if the opportunity were there, I think you know it might be something that he would be uh, interested in. But uh, I I really don't think at this time it's going to happen. Uh, who knows, you know? But but I guess right now I would say uh, I'd be I doubt that it would happen. So, do you see co- football coaching in uh, Tom Izzo's future at any at any point? No, you know, I mean, let's be honest. If it's going to happen, you know, it would be it would happen at Michigan State, a place where where he's uh, done so much for the university and where uh, some of the people that are making the decision uh, on who the next coach should be uh, are very tight and think a whole lot about him, Mark Hollis and uh, Lilana Simon and those sort of people. I don't think. Uh, Tom Ezzo would be a candidate to take a, a head football coaching job at another college. I mean, he alluded to the fact today that maybe sometime down the road uh, he could see himself as an assistant to Steve Mariucci, and I guess I could see something like that, uh, you know, after he gives up uh, coaching basketball, whenever that may be. But, uh, you know, I think this is kind of uh, a boyhood dream, and, you know, it's something that deep down it, it would be something that Tom would like to do, but, uh, you know, as of for the chances of it happening, I, I don't really see it happening right now. Dave Burkett of the Oakland Press joining us tonight on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Dave, the hot topic, obviously, the the vacancy at head coach at Michigan State football. Who is your pick tonight? If you had to pick one head coach, who would it be? You know, I've, I've kind of been on the Brian Kelly bandwagon a little bit. I, I know uh, he might not be the, uh, the number one choice of a lot of people in the administration, but he's a guy with a lot of Michigan ties. Uh, he's, he's had some success at different levels both at Division Two and, and at Central Michigan now. I know he had the loss the other day. But, uh, you know, I don't think any of the uh, the candidates, the final four or five candidates that are out there are, are real inspiring. So of the, uh, of the ones that are out there, I think I'd be on the Brian Kelly bandwagon. Absolutely. How soon do you think this administration is going to come with an announcement, obviously with the recruiting window coming up here at the end of the month through the second week of December with uh, hands-on or whatever they like to call it? How soon do you think this administration comes with a decision about yeah. who our head football coach is soon, without a doubt. You know, I think they uh, they have a little time because of the Thanksgiving uh, holiday coming up. Um, you know, I mean, I guess we could see something as early as Wednesday. I know, I know, there's been some some speculation that maybe Wednesday. I think next Monday is probably more likely. Um, it's the contact period starts after this weekend, so they really do want to get somebody in place. But the uh, the, the question with that is, is, you know, how how early can the the new coach start? I mean, chances are he's going to have a bowl game to coach in or an NFL season to finish out. And uh, I don't know that that coach will be able to leave his current duties and, and dedicate 100% of his time to Michigan State. Absolutely. While I've got you on, Dave, if you have a minute, I think you vote in uh, one poll. I believe it's a college football Associated Press poll. Yep, AP Top 25. All right. Dave Burkett joining us from the Oakland Press. The Michigan State beat writer also votes in the AP Top 25. Let's talk a little college football for a second. Dave, 
Is Michigan worthy of a rematch with Ohio State, or what has to happen for teams like USC or Notre Dame or maybe even Florida to get to the big dance? Right. I uh, I dropped uh, Michigan to four on my poll this week from number two. I really think, uh, you know, it's kind of splitting hairs between two, three, and four, USC, Florida, Michigan. I think all three of those teams are uh, are worthy of a uh, shot against Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I just looking at some of the, the poll numbers, I think uh, USC might have the best shot. You know, uh, if they beat Notre Dame this week, UCLA, uh, Florida's got, I believe, Florida State, and then the SEC championship game left against Arkansas. I really do think one of those two squads will get a shot before Michigan, but uh, I wouldn't be opposed to a rematch. I think Michigan played fairly well. You know, I, I think Michigan, uh, you know, maybe wasn't as great a defensive effort as we expected, but I, I do think they're a, uh, definitely one of the top five teams in the country. Dave, I know your time is valuable, so one more question for you. When or if Matt Trannon makes a comeback, do you think it's going to be soon, or do you think Matt Trannon's hanging up the basketball shoes for good? Yeah, you know, I think they, they probably, Matt just wants to be sure, talk to uh, some agents, some of his advisors, I guess I should say at this point. Um, I'm sure there's there's a handful of people that want him to uh, concentrate on football, uh, give that 100% of his time and, and work out, run the 40s and train for pro day, things like that. But uh, I think deep down Matt wants to play basketball. I think uh, after Thanksgiving he's going to come back and play basketball. I know Tom said he was going to talk to him tonight, talk to some other people. Um, I, you know, they don't need him for that game tomorrow against Vermont, but if he can be back in the lineup for uh, their game against Boston College next Wednesday, uh, I think they'd, they'd love that, and I think that's what will end up happening. Hey, Dave, I, I thank you a lot. Can you tell the listeners where they can find your web blog? Yeah, check us out at uh, theoaklandpress.com. There's a link right on there to uh, our website. It's Big, Big Ten Insider is my, uh, my, web, my uh, web blog, and I uh, update that usually three times a week. Outstanding, Dave. We thank you for your time. Dave Burkett of the Oakland Press. Thanks, Dave. Have a great one. Take care. Dave Burkett of the Oakland Press joining us, a Michigan State alum and beat writer for the Spartans at the Oakland Press. We thank him for his time. As we take this quick break, I want you to stay with us. Coming up later in this hour, we will talk about what Izzo had to say about this rumor about him being a candidate to replace John L. Smith at the helm over there at Spartan Stadium. And we'll talk about how the Spartans played in the coaches versus cancer tournament over there in the Big Apple. Stay with us. You're listening to Dan and Dewan on the Spartan Sports Rep. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back into the basement. I'm Dan. I'm the host of the Spartan Sports Rep. You're in the house with Brigitte Dewan and kid named the Rook. We'd like to call. House is full tonight. Kevin's on the phones. The number is 517-432-3893 if you'd like to call in and give us a peace of mind because we've got a lot of pieces put together here to speak about this rumor of Coach Izzo being a candidate for Michigan State head football coach. Let's see what Coach Izzo had to say himself about being a candidate for the Michigan State head football coaching job. So I actually was contacted on it. Nah, my voice is just this way. It's just the way it is. Again, you said you've discussed this, but you're, I just want to make sure I get this straight. They have not. Yeah, you know what? No. And, 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 you know, I mean, I, I gave you as honest the answers as I could give you under the circumstances. And, uh, I mean, I think they feel comfortable too that that you know we're, we're getting five or six candidates that meet all those needs and then they'll pick the best one and and uh, as you can imagine I'd appreciate if we could talk about basketball right now but I absolutely why don't we do the same 
Let's put this Tom Izzo coaching football thing to rest. Yes, in ideology and in theory, Tom Izzo has everything you're looking for as a head football coach. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Tom Izzo has toughness. He has discipline. He has a program that has achieved the pinnacle of excellence in the 2000 Michigan State basketball team. He has produced pro players who not only make it to the professional level, but produce and are all-stars and are champions. Does Tom Izzo have a champion at the all- at the NBA level yet? Ooh, that's a good question. I believe not. I do not think he does. Not recently. But under the wingspan of Izzo, there is a candidate. I believe it is Steve Smith. Steve Smith is the answer. There you go. Because Izzo has been an assistant here for many, many years. Right. So you could say under the tutelage of Izzo, yes, he has produced champions. So I correct myself mid-thought. But nonetheless, Tom Izzo, in theory and ideology, it is a great idea to have Tom Izzo as our football coach. Obviously, anyone under the sun that follows Spartan Athletics could say the same. So who will say Hondo House, whatever, whoever came up with this, this theory, yes, in thought, in an ideology, it is a great theory. But, Dewan, can you explain what we talked about prior to the show? Yeah, it's just, it's just not practical. It's, I don't see him coming from a level of basketball program that he has to, you know, switch over at this point to try to, in an attempt to try to prove something to, to the rest of the world by taking a football position like like that. The, from listening to him speak, you know, you could kind of tell deep down inside he hints at, you know, actually wanting to coach the football team if possible. But looking at the stakes and with the team that he has now and the level of success he has attained and he can attain from taking the group of guys he has now, you know, to that position, I don't I don't see him making the switch. And plus all the hype and pressure that he will put, you know, himself, his family members, and the entire university under by, you know, trying to do double duty or switching, you know, over to the football would be it would be more of a show than for anything else. Obviously in thought it's a great idea. Obviously it would do tremendous things for the as far as publicity for this university. Right. But Tom Izzo will not be the head football coach here. If you did not get that abrupt no at the beginning of that previous audio clip okay tom Izzo not going to be not even a candidate he said he was not a candidate at all so let's get that out of our minds and and off the bottom line during the michigan ohio state football game right? yeah that was interesting i saw it scroll across the bottom i'm like wow you know mystery candidates all all this talk i'm sure michigan state has narrowed it down because like dave burkett just spoke about the recruiting period opens up just after this weekend, after most of the state finals finish up, and then coaches can have that hands-on contact with players. So we would like to have a fixture in by then to just round up a couple that don't fall to Ohio State, Michigan, Notre right. Dame out here in the Midwest. Very much so. You're losing recruits every day that goes past without having a solid you know, head coach that people can refer to and identify with in place. So I don't know what they're going to actually pitch to the recruits, especially – like the ones who's kind of with the soft verbal who hasn't committed because the official signing day isn't to February 1st. So, you know, they could switch back and forth and make their mind up until then. But if you don't have, you know, a solid approach of, you know, this is what we're selling the kids, that like we're going to, you know, play this type of scheme or we're going to offer him X amount of playing time or, you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to do to actually recruit that player, if you don't have, you know, a head coach in place, that's the first thing you identify with. Like you think Penn State, you think Joe – you know what I'm saying, Joe Pye, et cetera, Michigan, Lloyd Carr. Like, it goes down the line. So a head coach is very important to building any type of program. Oh, absolutely. So the number is 517-432-3893. Kevin has opened up the phones, and he's taking your calls right now. Write that down, 517-432-3893. If you want to share your thoughts with us on this coaching decision that should come about soon, I'm not going to make any bold predictions or mystery candidates here. You already heard my thoughts on Joanne P. McCauley. I think she she would make a tremendous head football coach. We're going to talk about her, and she had some things to say about the Michigan State women's basketball team later in the hour and about Alyssa DeHaan and her dunking capabilities. So we'll talk about that later in the hour, but we'll we'll wrap this Izzo fiasco up right now to talk about Jim Boylan taking over. You know, they brought Jim Boylan in here to take over the MSU program. those, Those words are flying around. I spoke personally with... A former player yesterday, Jim Boylan could be in the NBA if he wanted to be right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, being assistant at Michigan State, making let's 
say an arbitrary number of 115,000. Somewhere in there. Let's area. go let's go to the NBA and make make 650. Right. So. Okay. The the NBA is more plausible for Jim Boylan right now. That's where his experience lies. Don't get me wrong, tremendous college coach. I've actually worked out under him in in the gym a couple times. Tremendous coach, tremendous knowledge of the game. But I don't think he was brought in to succeed Tom Izzo. I think Tom Izzo has unfinished business. He said he looks hindsight and says I have one NCAA championship. That is not enough to be mentioned among the all-time great coaches. Right with the Dean Smiths and the, you know those he, type of guys. I think I think one more title for Tom Izzo, and I think he's near satisfaction. He he'll never say he's satisfied, but I think if Tom Izzo gets one more title, you see him. He's he's almost at ten consecutive appearances in the NCAA tournament. You get two titles. What is that? Three all time. Right. 79-2000, and then my prediction of within the next three years here with this tremendous recruiting class coming in, and we'll say oh nine of of a year they could possibly win it. I think that really that really solidifies Michigan State as an elite program. I mean, yes, what was it a couple years back? ESPN mentioned us as their one of their top programs. Mm-hmm. I think we're up there, but once we win another title in the contemporary era, that's when we cement our shoes in the mud. Yeah, I definitely agree. You want a coach that's hungry and will have that drive to take a program to the next level. Um, You want somebody who's going to be consistent here for sure. And with that kind of reputation, Michigan State will just keep getting the recruits that they need to continue to build their program. And I definitely think Izzo is capable of progressing the program so that they definitely... And you you think he's here to stay also? You don't think he'll get lured away by the NBA? Um. I think he's a great college coach. I know many coaches are always having that desire to move up to the next level. But like you said earlier, I think Tom Izzo does have that drive to, um, he's hungry for another championship, and he definitely will stick around for a while. In my and opinion. he has a tremendous staff and a tremendous community and student body here at Michigan State. You can't ask for a better situation when, when the students and even faculty may treat you like, like a god out here. No, Izzo is that guy. He's you know people want men want to be him, women want to to meet him. To, you know whatever, whatever 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 you want to say. But nonetheless, we move on to talk like Coach Izzo instructed us to about basketball. Coaches versus cancer, runners up, and if you want to count, we are now ranked number twenty nine in the nation ahead of Michigan after that tremendous play this past week. And you know what? When the game was on the line. The ball was in Drew Neitzel's mm-hmm. hands, and boy, did Drew Neitzel convert. And that is what has earned Drew Neitzel co-Big Ten Player of the Week. He was a virgin to Player of the Week before this, so congratulations to Drew Neitzel. He's co-Big Ten Player of the Week, first honor since Paul Davis back in 06. But nonetheless, Drew Neitzel co-Big Ten Player of the Week for his tremendous play in the past two games out there in New York City. Obviously, he got it done with 2.4 seconds left on the clock. Blew past the Texas defender, finger rolled beautifully into the lane with the right hand. Juan, you wanted the ball in Raymore Morgan's hands. Why didn't it go to <laughs> your boy Raymore? Well, watching the play, it was just, you know, as the ball got swung around, you know, the, the normal transition of the offense, it ended up in Drew's hand with, you know, a critical amount of time being five to seven seconds. And, you know, as being a former player, at the end of the game, you're, you're you're taught to make your move with five to seven seconds. That gives you enough time to possibly get a rebound for a tip or, you know, possible kickback out, anything. You want to make that move with five to uh, seven seconds. So they set the high, you know, pick for him, and he was able to split the defenders. I, I Beautifully. Forget, I forget whoever the, the Texas guy was. He took a gamble that he was going to go for the floater instead of the layup, and he guessed wrong, so luckily... You know, Drew was able to finish. I did post a little blog after that game, uh, www.sportshort.blogspot.com. Uh, that's where I post my articles, and I think it's you know a ritual of every sports broadcaster has to have their own blog these days. So that that that's where mine is located, www.sportshort.blogspot.com. But enough of selling myself. I'm going to sell this Michigan State team and Drew Neitzel. Drew Neitzel is a true star of this Michigan State team, true or false? I have to say false. He's he's not. He's still I won't I won't I won't go out on limb and say star like like this is our number one guy. He's going to do it all. But we'll go out and say the best player on this Michigan State team right now. I still have to go with false. He he's critical to our. Who success. is better than 
Drew Neitzel right now. Oh, you already know what I'm going to say. Critical mistakes in both in both games, I'd say, for Raymar Morgan. Yes, he, he does. He is turnover prone right now in his career, but that's attributed to a lot of things. One, he is, you know, 18 years old. He is a rookie. You know, he's he is new to the game. And secondly, when I see him play, he's not quite playing relaxed. You can see that he is tense and, you know, a little jittery in his movements. So I don't know if that comes from pressure he's putting on himself or pressure from the coaching staff or, you know, trying to actually play perfect. Like when you try to play perfect, that's when you make the most mistakes. So he'll, he'll settle in, he'll get in the groove, and he's been producing, he'll continue to produce. So. Oh, I, I'm, I will not argue with that. He's been producing, struggling from the free throw line, 11 for 20 on the season, Marquise Gray-like numbers from a right, year ago. That's, that's a little surprising. You know, I, I was a little surprised at, at that stat, but nonetheless, the kid is, is lights out from the tray. Uh, for, I think he's four for five on the season. And even from the field, he he gets a lot of layups and dunks, but he's still he's still coming from the guard position. Position, pardon me, shooting fifty six percent from the field. Uh, I, arguably, it's through what four or five games now. Right. But still, that's a lot of shots to still be shooting that well. And uh, that's the thing that surprised me the most about this team is how how well guys are shooting the basketball. I'll say Maurice Joseph has really come alive and stepped up his game. And I'm and I'm that's the the one thing I think I'm most impressed with thus far the team is the improved play of Maurice Joseph. Not just Maurice, but a lot of players are showing, you know, new facets to their game. Maybe they had it before, we just wasn't able to see it due to the talent that was playing in front of them. But you could tell a lot of guys worked hard in this offseason to come back and be prepared to compete, and that's what they're doing. They're doing a terrific job. We'll, we'll talk We'll talk about the couple steps Goran Sutan took backwards this past <laughs> right. weekend, but we'll, we'll get there. But first of all, Brigitte, is this is this Texas win, the first first game of the of the tournament out there? I won't say first game in the tournament, but first game in the Big Apple. Was that really an upset to you, or was that just a good game between two good teams? Um, I think it's it's hard to clarify it as an upset because it was such a close game. I mean, it, it definitely proved that Michigan State can play with the ranked teams, and I think they surprised a lot of people this weekend having two really close games. Um, Drew Neitzel really stepped up. I was so happy that the ball was in his hands to take the last shot. Last week I said I wanted it in his hands if he got the chance to make the game-winning shot, and he definitely produced. So you better um, you better pay attention to what Brigitte has to say correct. on this show. She, <laughs> she is making bold predictions, and they are coming true. But in what way has this team surprised you the most? I'm just surprised that... Um, for the lack of experience that most of the players have, how well they are performing, like you were saying, their shooting percentages very high. Um, for Travis Walton, not really having much experience at the point position, he is taking over and improving his game a oh, lot. Absolutely, uh, his, as assist, the season has his progressed. assist to turnover, to turnover ratio is, is tremendous right now. You're looking at uh, 5.3 assists to to one turnover, plagued by turnovers in the first few games of this season. Obviously, Travis Walton, like I said, busting his tail to mm-hmm. improve his game and make himself a better player. And you can see it on paper that 5.3 to 1, that's just Turnover, a, that, yeah, you that's can't incredible. Ask for much more. You can't ask for much more off your point guard. That's I mean, obviously you get to, to better competition in Big Ten play. That's going to go down. But you, you stay around 3 yes. to 4, that you're going to be yeah. a, among the top point guards in the Big Ten at that. And, no, and nonetheless, Maurice Joseph still amazes me. The kid is shooting 50% from three. Amazing. He's taken, he's 13 of 26. That's an incredible amount of threes right, right. now. So that's the second most on the team behind Drew Neitzel. But when we look at the kid's field goal percentage, he's shooting 48% from the field. Yes, it's early, but these are tremendous signs. As far as I'm concerned, I was looking elsewhere to people to be X factors. The hot shooting of Maurice Joseph is, is really going to help this team in more ways than. I can I can even imagine because we look at Maurice Joseph, we see he's going to be uh you know he'll get a few minutes here and there, he might get a few shots, but he comes off the bench, he's averaging double digits. Yeah, that's critical for them right now. They're really dependent on him to come off the bench and continue to give him the spark. So good way to go for the high shooting, and he really is going to need to keep it up for them to be successful. Let's move on and talk about this Maryland game. Obviously, some bad some bad calls down the stretch. Mm-hmm. We're not going to blame the zebras. But we'll get to the we'll get to the zebras in a second here, but first of all, to come back and play back to back nights that is very hard, very very stressful on the legs. But obviously these guys, for more or less, are in in condition to do this. So 
do you think we we gave that game away to Maryland or, or Maryland kind of won it themselves? Uh, I just think it was a hard fought game that just didn't go in our favor. It was a couple critical plays, not necessarily in the last two minutes of the game, but I'm talking in the first and second half when they were down that eight to ten margin that Maryland had comfortably win. You know, it was a couple of times they could have got to the right, got a layup here, or they made a couple costly turnovers. Turnovers plagued us. I, all, I believe Goran Sutan had about three in a right. row in a stretch that killed us. And all those back-to-back-to-back is what eventually lost the game, you know. I was always told and taught that, you know, one play at the end of the game doesn't lose the game. You know, you had 48 minutes to, to play and win, and it shouldn't even have been close, so... But they played a good Maryland team. Maryland was skilled, and Maryland was ready. They also, you know, had played the night, the day before. So, but the inexperience of Michigan State team started to come out. Like they didn't yeah. really have. That's why I say they really needed Drew right then, because when you're playing back-to-back games like that, and the season goes on, some of the guys' mental toughness start to wear, or your attention span. You know that 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 inner goal that you need starts to shake a little bit. So that's when you really need that one person to step up and say okay, I'll take the pressure off of everyone's shoulders for this time being and we'll produce. And that's what they really need right now. They need that one person when they were down 8-10 to 10 to consistently come down, attack the basket, hit some shots, you know, get them back in the game. Obviously, the Spartans still 4-1. and one. Our number, 517-432-3893, if you'd like to give us a shout, talk a little Michigan State basketball with us tonight. But here's what Coach Izzo had to say about the performance against the Maryland Terrapins this past Friday. I was disappointed how we handled, uh, you know, even though we played decent against Maryland, we did not play as well against Maryland as we did against Texas. And I think some of it was probably Maryland, but some of it was, uh, you know, how did we handle uh, the first night? It's a a tough deal going to locker room, and players should be excited because they played well enough, maybe to even beat Texas more than we did. And yet, uh, it's a game early, you know. It kind of showed our inexperience, and I'm not sure we handled that as well as as we should have. Well, I think that the Spartans obviously handled Texas, and obviously the hype of Durant versus Morgan lived up to the bill. But Morgan obviously getting the better of it with the win and continuing on in the record books of Michigan State. But we'll stick with with the Maryland game. Uh, A tough two-point loss. Your thoughts on that call at the end of the game. Obviously, Coach Izzo addressed it today. We'll get to the clip here in a second. But should that have been reviewed and and the ball turned back to Michigan State when the shot clock clearly was violated and then Ebach is called for a subsequent foul, which shouldn't have been even committed because Michigan State should have had the basketball in the first place on the baseline. I would love to see instant replay in basketball, especially on plays like that, because that really did put them in a very, very tight spot, you know, by not only not missing the the shot clock violation, but then turn around and call in the very, very questionable charge on the flop, you know, by the Maryland Terrapins. So I would like them to see replay where they get back in, you know, dig in real quick. It wouldn't have took long. I'd say the replay might have held the game up for an extra minute, but it would have been a valuable minute. Oh, in, in cases like this, when the game's online, I'm not going to say throw instant replay into basketball. We'd be there all night. Right. Okay. In, in cases like two years ago when we needed to see if Patrick Sparks' foot was on the three-point right. line, we need instant replay for that. That is too much of a crucial call to not go to instant replay. But for other things, like goaltending, was the ball on the way down? Was it on the way? Yeah, we don't have time for that. But in this case... It should have been reviewed, and I think even under the power of the referee that they had the power to review that and, and overturn that call. But uh, Izzo, today after the press conference, is actually waiting to hear back from the Big Ten on the on the official ruling and talking to other people at Atlantic Coast Conference, things like that, to see if this actually should have been overturned. It's unfortunate, but here's what Coach Izzo had to say about the bad call at the end of the game. And then I'm feeling like, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't understand that, but... Make sure you understand too that 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 didn't cost us the game. It cost us an opportunity to have to win the game, uh, but it didn't. You know, we still a lot of things we had to go our way to win that game. Uh, there were some things earlier in the game that I was more concerned with. It just that stood out late, but 
even with those concerns, uh, we didn't do the things that you needed to do to win on the road. Well, I'll, I'll agree with Coach Izzo in that, in that sense. Earlier in the game, they did call some ticky-tack stuff on Raymar Morgan. Uh, but we don't need to blame this whole thing on the refs and, and jump on that bandwagon or that crutch and say, oh, the refs cost us the game. They cost us an opportunity to win the game, just like Coach Izzo said. It couldn't, be, it couldn't have been said any better. Right, and I really hate to see, you know, when you see that level of competition, when you really appreciate the game for what it's worth, when you see two competitive teams come out and compete to the fullest, that it has to come down to the referees deciding the game. I really hate to see that. I wish, you know, the refs could sometimes step back and let the guys play a little bit more. But, you know, you get some calls in your favor throughout the course of the season and some go against you, like you said. It was moments, as I mentioned earlier, throughout the game where they could have maybe prevented a turnover here, made a layup here, you know, a shot could have rolled in here. And Marquise Gray could have dunked all over that white right. guy, you know, no, you know, instead of getting his shot blocked into the third row of MSG. But nonetheless, if you want to give us a call, 517-432-3893. Let's fast forward. Matt Shrannon playing basketball. Is it is it more of a when question, Juan, rather than is Matt Shrannon playing basketball? I see it definitely as a win question, especially after a downer from the football season. I see him coming back because they definitely could use him down low. What they're really lacking is an athletic big that was exposed against Maryland. So, Guess, so you see, you would see Trannon immediately jumping in in place of Goran Sutan? Yeah, I see that as possible. Or, you know, first, of course, they'll bring him back off the bench and get him back into the swing of things. But for the role that he would play, he doesn't really need too much, you know, to get back into the yeah, swing. Yeah, it's not like he needs to get his, his handles fine to Right, he's, he's going to be gonna that dunk, toughness. He's going he's to rebound, he's going to lock up. Right. And, and Michigan State fans love him. I'm sure the the annual training appearance is going to take place soon where he comes, you know, creeping through the tunnel at the Breslin Center and fans erupt when Spartan Vision p- puts his mug on the big screen and Trannon play basketball, chance start. And I'm sure Trannon knows how much people love him here, how much people want him to play basketball. And he's not a, I won't even say a one through four round pick of the NFL draft. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him that. I mean, I might give Drew Stanton that at this point, and at the way things unfolded, Drew Stanton fourth round. Uh, he Matt, might. Matt Tran in about I'd say about six, six out of the seven rounds in the NFL draft. But we're not here to talk about the NFL draft. We're here to talk about Michigan State basketball. And will Matt Tran make the comeback to the court? Here's what Coach Izzo had to say about Matt possibly making the comeback to Michigan State basketball. On the football part of it, I, I really appreciated John L's support on it because I, I think he thinks it would be what's best. But uh, I think Matt wants to. There's always other people involved, and, uh, and so I'm going to be meeting with a few people tonight and uh, see where that takes us. But uh, I'd say what I'd say last week. I'd say 60-40 that he. I think he's 80-20 that he wants to come back. It's just a matter of figuring out how many things in football would help or hurt him and uh, how many things in basketball would help or hurt him to accomplish his goals of playing in the NFL. And uh, uh, and that's what we're going to try to help him with. But uh, it's not a definite that he'll come back yet, and it's not a, it's definitely not a definite that he won't come back. And I think Coach Izzo would love it to see Matt Trannon back in a Michigan State basketball uniform and in that locker room, not even, not only to play, but to mentor those young players. Oh, without a doubt. He actually needs Matt Trannon more this year than any other year, you know, so he definitely would like to see him back. And I see it as a real possibility. This is his last year. You know, he wants to go out on top. He can seek redemption in the basketball season. The biggest questions would be if he could get back healthy, you know, because he doesn't really want to, put too much more on that hamstring getting ready for for the NFL combine and stuff like that so if he could get healthy and go through the motions and and make everything you know work smooth for him I see him definitely being back out there because he's needed and Izzo will put more pressure on him to come back those phone calls will start picking up you know can you when you're coming back when you're coming back those will get more frequent as the season goes because well, and, and absolutely the friendships on that team between I know Marquise Gray and, right. and Matt Trannon Edong Ibach and Matt Tran, and these guys are all very good friends. They all have been to a Final Four together. They've all played together for for now two and a half, let's say two and a half years. And these guys are good friends. It's not like you're going to throw a wrench in the mix by throwing this new guy, Matt Tran, in the mix. 
Trandon is is gonna be a personification of toughness and uh, endurance, athletic endurance. Playing two sports here at Michigan State forever. Right. You know his name will be mentioned forever. And why not end it on a positive note rather than that lackluster season? Not nothing to take away from Matt Trandon's record-setting season. Right. In career, um, to come out and catch. 148 balls was it in his career in yeah. his career is you have to do something right to catch that many balls as many people want to knock on Trannon as as being inconsistent and not living up to his athletic potential try going out and catching that many balls and staying healthy for that long and making it happen okay Andre Risen made it happen Andre Risen is a successful receiver I see the same in Matt Trannon's future if he were an inch or two taller NBA but he's not so hey the Antonio Gates theory Right. He's he's going to have to play a little football, but I think you get an NFL coach to work with his hands, get him in the right system, downfield blocking, you know, going across the middle, get beef him up a little, throw him at a little tight end here and there. I think Matt Trannon's going to do just fine, and, and I think he will reach his goal uh, of making it to the next level. Not not to mention that he could even play, I'd say, overseas basketball. Yeah, if he and, really and wanted to. And if you, if you want to get into money, there's there you can ma- easily make six figures overseas. Right. Calvin Torbert, he's he's making well over a hundred thousand dollars playing overseas per season, and uh, albeit you're away from your family for a long time, but hey, if if you need to get paid off of athletics, you know I could easily see Matt Trainin playing basketball overseas. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities still left for Matt Trainin if he wants to consider basketball or if he wants to consider football. So the door is wide open for him, and and he still has a a a, a season left with this Michigan State basketball team to even make us a dark horse contender in the Big Ten. I'd say with Matt Trannon, Michigan State is a legitimate contender to mix things up in the top of the Big Ten. You could say without Matt Trannon, they're a legitimate, you know, contender in the Big Ten right now, especially after his performance these last couple of, this last week. So I won't say a heavy favorite. No, definitely not but, a heavy but favorite. But to, to catch an upset here and there, oh yeah, don't sleep on Michigan State this season. And I think the national media finally awoke to this after we beat Texas. Albeit I released my preseason preview weeks before we beat Texas, saying that this team is going to do successful things just like that, and now the the media finally wants to catch on. Juan, maybe they should listen to the Spartan Sports Rap more often and, and read my articles more often, Juan. Maybe they should, Then I, I definitely say, you know, they need to tune in. But like I said, Izzo, you know, he's always going to have his team prepared, and that win did a lot for him and the program. You know, they do have a, a small buzz right now of people talking about them as possible. You know, they, everybody knows Michigan State is going to be ready to play basketball come, you know, March when the game really matters. So if they can go through the motions now. They can make a run in the Big Ten. If I'm Ohio State or Wisconsin or any of those people who are favored right now, I would not want to face Michigan State come mid-February after these guys got some experience under their belt. Oh, absolutely and, not. And used to the system. I, I would not want to be a you know a favorable opponent so but i hope you stay with us here we've got about 10 minutes left on the sports wrap tonight the number is 517-432-3893 as we take this quick break hopefully you pick up the phone and give us a call stay with us you're in the basement with dan dewan Prajit, and kevin behind the glass this is spartan sports rep you're listening to exposure on 88.9 the impact Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. Mysmokefreeapartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89-second play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m. Monday through Friday will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into the Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, 
and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure here on The Impact. More importantly, you're tuned in to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Because it is Monday night, it is 7 to 8. If you'd like to catch our past shows or future shows that will be uploaded to the web, the website is www.impact89fm.com. Go to the podcast section. You'll see the Spartan Sports Wrap there. And uh, I believe we have some past shows up there, about four of them. Download them, check them out. Whatever you like to do with them, put them on the iPod, walk around campus, that'd be outstanding. But nonetheless, we're here to talk a little Michigan State women's basketball because, yes, the females are getting it done, and, yes, they are ranked in the top 25. They are number 17 in the AP polls. So congratulations to those women. They just topped UT Arlington this past weekend, 65-49. to And tremendous play once again from Dehan and Johnson. Alyssa Dehan, the 6'9", Center from Granville, Michigan. And Maya Johnson, the transfer from St. Louis University, sat out last year. They've been playing tremendous. Uh, let me throw some numbers your way for the Spartans that are 2-0. Maya Johnson, uh, let's just say she was 4-5 from the field. 7-11 um, for 11 for the game. That was the first half stat. 4-5 in the first half. She made 8 first half free throws and 6 rebounds. Unbelievable. So, uh... Big up to her. Alyssa DeHaan, near triple-double numbers, 11 points, 11 boards, school record, 8 blocks. Unbelievable, I'd say, play out of that girl. And I thought she was not going to be that much of a factor because she is so thin. Right, she's extremely thin. But, but uh, here's, what, here's what Coach Joanne P. McCauley had to say about the play of Alyssa DeHaan. It's a very physical game. I really like how she responded after the first half of the Arlington game because... She got hit a lot, you know, she got pushed and shoved, and I think she came back with very purposeful, uh, I think she sort of said to herself, okay, wait a minute, you know, and then she went out there and did her thing in the second half, so um, we're not the least bit surprised, yes, there's a tiger definitely in her, she's a very passionate person, uh, hasn't always expressed that per se, uh, but we certainly would like her to do so, especially in her defense, especially in her rebounding, and her shot blocking. Her shot blocking. Tremendous. She leads the Big Ten right now. Obviously, we're not in Big Ten play yet, but she's thrown up five blocks a game. Obviously, this is going to continue on through the season. How important is this girl, this young lady, Alyssa DeHaan, going to play in the, in the defensive philosophy and strategy and performance here at Michigan State through throughout this year and the next four? She's she's the key. She's the centerpiece. When you have a presence down there who can block shots and alter shots like she can, it she plays as a big eraser for for everybody else. You know, she cleans up everybody else's mistakes. So that means the guards could play up tighter on the on on the perimeter because they know they have that shot blocker back there. If if someone in case they do want to drive or you know try to try to penetrate, so that means they could exert more pressure from that foul line extended to that three point line and take away some of those mid range to long range jumpers. So. That restricts the team more. Then they, of course, they don't want to come inside because they do have her to contend with. So absolutely, it it really gives them a lot of options if they want to come and drop a zone down. You know, on on a, on a team that really gives them a you know versatility with having her under there. So it's a lot that you have to build off when you have a weapon like her at six nine with some athleticism down low. Let me correct myself. Maya Johnson four or five from the field made all of her all eight of her first half free throws and she added seven assists. <laughs> And five steals on top of that. I just wanted to get those stats right. Don't want to mislead anyone here. But here's what Joanne P. McCauley had to say today about the play and addition of Maya Johnson to this program. She came from St. Louis. She was she had a knee injury in high school. She she filed for the transfer, and, and Coach P. granted it. So uh, here's what Coach P. had to say about all that today. Well, I'm very impressed with her play. Um, I was never hesitant at all to... Grant her a transfer. I'm very appreciative of our coaching staff. Um, Al Brown was the lead person on Maya as a recruit. Uh, no, I was never hesitant. I'm very excited. Uh, Maya played very well last year in practice. Um, she was in practice a lot, as you may know. It was frustrating to see her hitting threes and doing all that she does and um, not be able to play. That was hard for her. 
I think sitting out is hard. I think um, she's getting back into the swing of things. Uh, she's going to get better as time goes, and she gets used to a, a game schedule, practice schedule, and some of the demands, um, you know, of just playing at the high intensity, you know, of this level. Uh, but she's she's a lot of fun to watch play, and I, and like I said, I think she's getting better every day. I mean, she just she's figuring stuff out better every day. And she, I can't agree more with Coach Joanne P. McCauley tonight that Maya Johnson is, I have to be the most impressed duly with Alyssa DeHaan and Maya Johnson right now because I, I couldn't see this. Maya, Maya Johnson coming in, getting used to this caliber of play, albeit we haven't faced Big Ten competition yet. But Maya Johnson definitely putting on a show all around. Steals, rebounds. She's crashing the boards at a, a five foot nine, five foot ten guard position. I think she's. I think a year off of basketball is going to do that to you. Yeah, she was on the outside looking in last year, so that gave her, you know, a big opportunity to see some of the errors or you know some of the good things that other players was doing it with throughout the Big Ten. So she learned from their mistakes by being on the sideline for that year, and now you can see it really, you know, impacting her game as she's able to jump those passing lanes and attack the basket, and also by taking that year off. You can tell she's a little more hungrier. You know, she's she's a go-getter now. She's, she's a go, go-getter. She's got the munger. Right. Shout, <laughs> shout out to the movement based in the house tonight. She, she She's definitely a go-getter. So she plays with that intensity. She brings that spark that they need. So she's and she's a diehard competitor. So She definitely has that munger. Alyssa DeHaan, she definitely has the ability to dunk. Once again, we're going to go to Joanne P. McCauley because she is – She's just the female queen around here as right. far as basketball goes. And and she shared with us today at the press conference the capabilities Dehan Dehan Haas has. Wow. Dehan Haas. <laughs> she got you. Nonetheless, she got me. Tongue twister. Here's what Joanne P. had to say. And we may see this on the court. Well, you know me. I'm not one for predictions. Um, she dunks uh, in practice, um, you know, with, in position work with the post. Um, she's practiced some dunking. What, what slowed her down, you have to remember, she turned her ankle very severely about a month ago. And that really limited her uh, to pursue that further. Um, so it's kind of like a stay tuned thing. But it'll be in a game one of these days, and she'll just do it. And every Absolutely. Let me get right back to that clip. And here's what Joanne P. had to say after Dehan gets a, gets a dunk this season. Everybody will look around. <laughs> Everybody will look around and just look at each other. Juan, are are you still in doubt that Alyssa Han can pull this off? Actually, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's something that she'll definitely do. It's going to come out. She's going to have too many opportunities throughout the see, game. See, the thing that gets me is that we're, we're winding down here. Last two minutes of the show is that she hasn't dunked in practice scrimmage yet. And the thing the thing about things in practice, like. Mo, oh, Mo Eggers dunked between the legs in practice before. Shannon Brown has done this crazy 360. See, things that transfer from practice to the game get so diminished. Right. They so get... until she can dunk consistently in practice, dunking in a game will be very rare. I hear you. So until she dunks on the regular in practice, you're. Not, I don't think you're going to see DeHaan get a dunk. Watch me eat my words this week. Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be one of those opportunities where it's going to be somewhat of a fast break or something like that. Like it's not gonna be uh knifing through the lane and just Oh no elevate. That's the type that you know, you have to get confident in your dunking ability throughout practice. But it's gonna be something where she's a trailer on a on a play and, you know, they forget about her and, you know, she puts one down. Absolutely. Brigitte how excited are you to see Alyssa DeHaan get a dunk this year? I would be so excited because as a young kid playing basketball, I didn't even think it was possible for a girl to be able to dunk. That was always one of my ambitions. But <laughs> one of her it ambitions. It was, but sitting only oh, at 5'9", along, along with, that's an improbability. Along with being on the show. Since a child, she's wanted to be on the show. Yeah, but know. I would be so excited to see her dunk. And I seriously think it's going to be one of those things where she's just going to throw it down one game and then that's all you're going to see from her. She's just going to keep doing it. That'd be, she's going to break that um, ice, I guess you would say. And when she does that, she's not going to stop. And I will not stop talking about Alyssa DeHaan being able to dunk on this show until, <laughs> until she does it. I'm so excited. Candace Parker's out here throwing it down every other week. And we're just waiting for Alyssa DeHaan to break the ice. Rini Haynes has predicted it. Coach Pease predicted it. We will see. 
But the Michigan State men's team takes the court tomorrow night against Vermont. That's going to be a tough game. Vermont is big. We are small. They go 6-7 over at, at the wings, 6-8. So look out tomorrow night at the Brez, Vermont. And then we take take on Oakland on Saturday. The women, I believe, have three games this week. So keep your heads up. Support the women's basketball team. They're playing well. 2-0. Men are 4-1. and And we are out of time. Top of the hour. Stay with us for the Jazz Spectrum with Jeff Shoup. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap with Dan Dewan and the most beautiful Brigitte. Shout out to Texas. I'll be there in three weeks. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.